And we back in this thing like we left some. Welcome back, y'all, to this week's episode of I Got a Story to Tell. Thank y'all for joining me for another episode. I appreciate y'all riding with me this far. Um, we're going to continue to keep going, keep giving you stories, um, keep making you laugh, keep making you think. Um, I don't have shit to say this week. I don't have nothing to say. So let's go on, get to this story. I got a story to tell. Let's go. story takes place in the year 2007 um around this time i'm living downtown cincinnati in uh i have a loft in the hell justice lofts uh hell justice used to be i believe it was a drug company um and then it went out of business and they turned it into loft so i'm living there on central parkway right across from the kroger building and also around this time i'm working uh across the bridge in kentucky for those that don't know, Cincinnati, um, we border Kentucky, like Northern Kentucky. So my work schedule around this time was I worked third. I'm sorry, I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and I was off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I would get up super early in the morning, walk across the street to Court Street. There was a bakery called Savati's right there, and I would go get coffee, uh, maybe a donut, and. Um, go and catch this bus called the tank i think it's still for transit authority of northern kentucky but they would come over into cincinnati if you worked over across the bridge and that's what i did also around this time i was how can i say i was kind of finding myself um i had just come out of like a super dark period in my life um, which i had talked about on a, a episode before and things were becoming a little more clear to me. And I was real observant of a lot of shit that was going on in life. And so that's where this story takes place. It's just a brief encounter that I happen to have that I feel changed me for the rest of my life. So let's get to this story. So, like I said, um, I'm living downtown and every morning I would get up um, instead of making coffee in the crib whether I was working or off work, whatever, I would go across the street to Court Street to Savati and get a cup of coffee. And so one morning I get up, I'm going to work and it's early, early in the morning. I usually walked out the crib by like 5, 5.30. And today I'm behind schedule, like I'm, I'm running late. And so I'm trying to hurry up and get out the crib. And I do, I get out walk across Central Parkway, walking towards the bodies. 
even though I was late, I wasn't going to stop. I mean, I was not going to stop and get my coffee. And so I go in, order my coffee, I come out. There's a dude standing out there, light-skinned cat, um, low gray haircut, you know, all his hair gray. Got a gray goatee, little scruffy. Looked like he homeless, but kind of looked like he not. And so I'm coming out, and he say, what's going on with your brother? I say, what's going on with you, man? And I keep going. Going about my day of work, and I come home. Next morning, same thing. I go to Savati's, I get my coffee, come out, same dude out there. What's going on, brother? I say, what's going on, man? And I'm in such a rush that I just keep walking. This goes on for all four days that I have to work. But now I'm getting to my three off days. I get up on my first off day, which is at Tuesday. Walk over to Savati's. It's about eight in the morning. I don't see him. I don't think nothing of it, really. Go in, get my coffee, go back to my crib. And I'm chilling at the crib for a little bit. And sometimes on my off days, I live like two or three blocks down. What was it? Three blocks down from the Cincinnati Public Library downtown. And sometimes I would go over there, uh, you know, get on my computer, get things done, whatever I needed to do. And sometimes I would go over there just for a change of scenery um, in a peaceful place. You know, even though I live by myself, it still was super peaceful. And so I go back to the crib, like I said, and I'm chilling and I'm about to go to the library, a shower and all of that. Grab my bag, got my laptop in my bag. And I'm like, well, let me stop at Savati's and I get a, a, another cup of coffee. There were these tables, like these plastic tables and chairs set up outside Savati's. And the dude was sitting at the table. The same guy that I saw. And I walk in, get my coffee, I come out. I see he's reading the DuPont Registry. Uh, for those who don't know, you know what the DuPont Registry is. Um, a lot of stuff in there. A whole bunch of expensive shit in there. Cars, homes, all that shit, right? So he's reading the DuPont Registry. So I look real quick. He look up at me. He like, oh, what's going on, man? Ain't that early this time? I say, yeah, I usually see you early in the morning. He said, yeah. He asked me, he said, you want to sit down? I said, nah, man, I'm about to go on the way to the library. He said, what you going to do at the library? I said, get some work done. He said, oh, okay, then. You be safe. I said, you do the same. Go to the library. Can't focus for shit in the library. Like, I just couldn't focus. And... I end up standing over there maybe an hour, hour and a half. And I'm walking back to the crib. Who do I see sitting there? Same dude, same magazine. He see me walking. He say, you done already? I say, yeah, man. I couldn't really lock in. Couldn't focus on all that. He was like, oh, okay then. He's like, you sure you don't want to sit down? Something in me says, sit down. So I was like, yeah, I'll sit down. So I sat down. We just start talking about shit. And we got on the subject of music. 
and we just I mean we chopping it up and his his level of like knowledge of music was so crazy right like it's it's fucking crazy his music knowledge I'm like damn so we sitting there talking and I tell him I'm like yeah man I like this I like that he was like, oh, you like a little bit of everything. I said, yeah. And he asked me. And only a couple people know this about me. He asked me. He said, why didn't you ever go into the music biz? Only a couple people know this. Um, but I told him, I said, my dream when I was a kid, I wanted to score movies. He was like, really? I said, yeah. He said, that's pretty awesome. I said, but, you know, when I was young, I was, like, afraid to really tell people that. Like, niggas would have looked at me crazy. He was like, nah, man, you can't worry about shit like that. So he's going on and on and telling me about this shit. And so we sitting out there talking maybe three hours. So he tells me, he says, hey, um, if you're free tomorrow, meet me out here. We can talk some more. You know, I'm about to, I'm about to take off. I said, okay, cool. So I go in the crib, chilling, normal night. The next day, I can't wait to get up to go talk to him again, right? So I get up, it's about 10 o'clock. Well, I get up before that, but I don't leave the house about 10. He's sitting out there. Go in, I ask him before I go in. I say, hey, what kind of coffee you drink? He say, just give it to me black. I say, okay, cool. Get him coffee, give me coffee. We sitting out there, we talking. He start asks like asking me all this shit about like you know why do you want to score why did why would you have wanted to score movies and all that shit so I'm telling him you know it's just something about watching a movie and how that feels that that music and how it feels and how when I was a kid I would look out the window when I would be in a car going somewhere out of bus window and I would be playing like the score in my head to that scene right so he he says. Um, he said the greatest scorer of movies that I've ever heard of that like I know is Michelle Colombier, right? He was like, you and me folks, they call him Michael or, you know, they'll say Michael Colombier or not. He said, it's Michelle Colombier. He said, if you ever get a chance to listen to any of his stuff, listen to it. I said, okay, cool, cool, gotcha. And um, he said, do you like classical music? I said, I can listen to it. I said, when I was young, there was an AM station that I would listen to every now and again that would play the shit. He said, I'm going to give you a few songs to listen to. I want you to check them out. He said, you can go right down to the library. They got the CDs, you know, listen to them. I said, okay, cool. And I never will forget this. And I don't forget much. I remember the three, like, the first three classical songs that I memorized, not not as far as like I could play because I can't play any instruments, but when I hear them, I know exactly what they are. The first one was Beethoven's Symphony Number no. Five in C minor. I remember hearing that and thinking how beautiful this is, right? So I got that um, Vivaldi, The Four Seasons, got that, and I was like, oh my God, this is special. And then. Um, Johann Strauss, the Blue Danube, 
And I listened to it and I was like, God damn, this is amazing. And so I would listen to it like so much. But then when I discovered Michelle Colombier, it was so life changing to me. I'm like, oh my God. And I remember he told me, he said, hey, I'm going to tell you about a song. He said, it's, it's something special. You got to hear. I said, okay. He said, it's by Michelle Colombier. He said, it's called Emmanuel. He said, it's a song he wrote. Um, and I may have mentioned this on another episode. It's a song he wrote about his son who passed away. He said, it's so beautiful. I said, okay. He said, it's life changing. I said, okay. Now I'm thinking he really gassing at this point. I'm like, eh, okay, all right. And I never heard it. And so I really like would hang on every word he said about music and how he would tell me like, you know, when you listen to this music or this song, you know, just sit and open your mind and listen to it. Let it take you wherever it takes you, right? And I would do that. I would go to my crib. I would put on classical music sometimes or any genre of music. And I would just let my mind be free. And he and I, like, we would talk damn near every day. Every day. And one day I go and we sitting there and we talking. He starts telling me about how back in the 70s, like, he would get high out of his mind and listen to music. And he was like, can it just take me somewhere else? I'm like, damn, word. He like, yeah, but, you know, drugs, that shit ain't good for you. I said, yeah, I, I understand. He was like, you don't fool with no drugs, do you? I said, no, nah, I don't fuck with no drugs, man. He said, okay, good, don't. I said, cool. And one day, I'm out, I'm running errands, doing a whole bunch of shit. I get back home. I'm going down to this Chinese food restaurant called Shanghai Mama's. And I see my boy, he out there. I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, man, I'm chilling. How you? I said, I'm good. He looking fucked up at this point. He looking bad as shit, right? He looking so fucked up. Um, and I asked him, I said, you good? He said, yeah, I'm good. The thing about growing up in the hood and growing up in... in crack era and seeing people who own shit you know a dope thing when you see them, right and I mean every wish I know a motherfucking you know heroin addict when I see one I know a crackhead when I see one you know I know niggas that be on them beans when I say I know all that shit all of it looks different right so I can see I say oh shit he fucked up right but he's trying to hold it together because he has respect for me and he knows I have respect for him. But he can't. He can't hold it together. So he walk off. And I'm sad as fuck, right? I'm sad. Go on, do what I do. Get something to eat. It's shame how mama's come back to the crib. I'm chilling. A couple more days pass. I'm on Court Street. It used to be a Muslim brother who owned... Uh, like a little store on the corner of 
Court Street and Vine. And he would say everything from, you know, prayer beads to, you know, robes, scarves, everything. And I'm walking past the Muslim Brothers store and I see my dude again. And he looking fucked up, right? He looking all the way fucked up. And we stop in front of the store and me and him talking. He like, man, you, you see this store, don't you? I said, yeah. Man, I thought about becoming a Muslim, you know, back in the 70s. I said, really? He said, yeah, man, them niggas with discipline, though, man. He's like, I ain't had that type of discipline. He said, I love women, love to drink, love to smoke, love drugs, yada, yada, yada. I said, I feel you, man. I said, how you been? He said, shit, one day at a time. He's like, I'm just taking it one day at a time. I said, I got you. I said, you need anything? He said, let me, let me hold a couple dollars. I said, okay, I got you. I remember I had $10 in my pocket. I gave him that $10. I said, I'm about to go to the crib. You good? He said, I'm good. I said, okay. I go to the crib, and a few days pass, and I ain't seen. My morning's going to work. I didn't see him. A couple weeks later, I'm walking, and I seen him. i never forget it. He had on a red sweater. And his jeans was fucked off. They look bad. And I'm like, you good? He trying to, you know, fix his sweater and shit. He said, yeah, I'm good. He said, you listen to that, all that music I told you to listen to? I said, yeah. And this is how I knew he was getting bad. Because we had talked about all the music he had recommended me, like, so many times before that. And I'm thinking, like, damn, he asking me about some shit that we done been talked about. So he, you know, he out of there. He said, man, if I'd have just kept my head on straight. He said, man, I could have been Barry Gordy. I said, yeah, man. He said, you got a couple dollars I can hold? I said, absolutely. Gave him a few dollars. He said, you know I'm gonna pay you this money back. I said, I ain't worried about that shit, man. And the reason I really wasn't worried about that shit, because what he had done for me mentally by suggesting certain music that had really opened my mind, like, I couldn't, I, I wasn't worried about no few funky ass dollars. And I remember the last time I saw him, he said, hey, I said, what's up, man? When I saw him, he was down by the library. He said, hey. I said, what's up, man? What you, what you got going on? He's like, man, just sitting out here, just looking. It's okay. He said, you, you, you ever look into Michelle Colombier like I told you? I said, man, he was. He, he was a great scorer of, of movies. And I mean... He scored, I mean, you think about some of the movies. He scored so many movies over the years from, uh, shit, The Golden Child, uh, Deep Cover, shit, Purple Rain. What's crazy, people think Prince scored the movie Purple Rain. The only contribution, I don't say the only, but the contribution that Prince made to Purple Rain, like the soundtrack, the movies, I mean, the, uh, the music to him, and I want to say he was with the Revolution at the time. That they did those songs, but as far as scoring the movie, that was Michelle Colombier. Um, New Jack City, he did. Um, Posse, How Stella Got Her Groove Back was another movie he did. 
uh, a hood classic <laughs> that I know my sayings Mac loves tripping. He did tripping the program. Like he did all these movies. And I'm, I'm telling him, I'm like, yeah, you were right. He said, man, I'm telling you. He said, he a genius. He said, and that song, Emmanuel, he said, it's something special. I still had never heard it. Some time passes, and I didn't sing. Like, I, I never saw him. And I'm like, damn. And a couple years later, I'm chilling at the crib and I'm just listening to music I'm listening to some classical music and I'm hearing all these songs and I'm like damn this shit is dope like this shit is like special and I remember hearing the song Caruso if you ever get a chance to listen to the song Caruso amazing song amazing um, and one of my favorite versions of that is by the celloist, uh, his name is Hauser, H-A-U-S-E-R. Hauser's version of Caruso is something special. And I remember listening to Caruso, and I was like, oh my God. Like three minutes in, there's a part that I'm just like, damn. And it really has my mind like, this shit is crazy. And to show you how crazy the universe is, and spirit is some years passed awesome years passed and I'm I'm, I'm living in uh, Houston I moved to Houston and I'm driving to work one morning and I'm listening to this classical like uh, satellite radio station and they play a manual. Now, I, I didn't know it was a manual at the time because I'm just driving. I'm not looking, you know, at the song title, none of that shit, right? On satellite. But the song is so beautiful. And I mean, it's so beautiful. The rendition that I'm listening to is so amazing that I can't, I can't see shit like... All I can see is straight ahead as I'm driving my truck to work, right? That's all I can see is straight ahead. And I'm so lost, like, in the music. Like, to the point, like, I'm, like, I'm crying. Like, tears are coming down my face. And I'm like, oh, my God. I had never heard that song, first and foremost. Again, I couldn't even tell you whose version of it it was. Now... My personal favorite version of the song is on Chris Bote in Boston. The trumpeter Chris Bote. He does it. Um, and he has a violinist that he's with on that version. That's my favorite version of that song. But tears rolling down my face. And not because I'm sad, but I just, it's so crazily beautiful. Right? You can hear the pain. You can hear, again, the song is about a father's son dying about Michelle Colombier's son dying as a, as a young kid and the pain and so I'm just like oh my god so I don't know the name of the song because I'm not looking at the words but the DJ says it 
and he said Emmanuel, and it instantly clicked. I'm like, oh shit. This is Emmanuel. He was so right. He was so right. I'm like, oh my God. And I got to work and started looking for my boy. And I found his obituary. He passed away. And I was sad, but I wasn't. I was like, damn. Just to meet that brother who exposed me to this was all I needed. That was all I needed. So, to my boy, I hope Allah grants you Juna. I hope you're resting well. I hope you enjoyed your life when you were here. Thank you. Rest in peace, peace Ralph. Rest in peace, Ralph.